0: It's time to fire up the three-cylinder star drive, the show that sputters along, touring a galaxy of pop culture and fanboy fiction.
1: And now, here are your hosts, Richard Kutz and Roger Colby. Hey, uh, welcome back to three-cylinder star drive, I'm Roger Colby. And I'm Richard Kitts. Alright, um, today we're going to talk about, uh, we're going to go back to reviewing movies and we're going to also talk about the movie of the week this week. Get back in the groove of things. So Richard and I went to see Glass, the new M. Night Shyamalan movie. Um, in prep for this, actually I listened to some podcasts that interviewed some people that were in the film, like uh, James McAvoy and uh, Bruce Willis, and they were talking about the film. Um, and But the thing is, they were talking about it before they went to make it. So they didn't even have a script. They were just like, "We're doing it," <laughs> and 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 the funny thing too is that uh, Bruce Willis was approached by M Night Shyamalan, and um, he was told that I'm doing I'm doing another sequel. I'm doing a sequel to Unbreakable and Split. I'd like you to be in it, and he said, uh, "I need Sam Jackson," and so Bruce Willis just went to some party or something like that, where Jackson was, some Hollywood party or something like that. And he went in there and just approached Sam Jackson and said, hey, M. Night's doing a movie, and Samuel Jackson's like, all right, let's do it. It was so easy to get them. It wasn't even hard. Um, but didn't he put, you said he put up $19 million. Yeah, the like
0: money. $19 million, I believe.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I
0: think so. He said he put up like, out of his own pockets, so that he put up some of his property to pay for it. Yeah.
1: And um, also, if you get on like that Rotten Tomatoes, which we think is bunk, mm. you're going to find mixed reviews. A lot of mixed reviews about um, glass.
0: Again, it's not really Rotten Tomatoes doing it. They just, it's just, all they do is collect reviews and create it. Yeah, yeah. Make uh, But there's uh, a lot a of census. like, uh,
1: there's a lot of bad reviews that are mm-hmm. really unfounded, in my opinion. Yeah. Because here's the here's the thing, Richard. I'm giving this movie five stars, mm-hmm. and I'm going to tell you why uh, without spoiling it. Um, after seeing Glass, and you know, I'm going to make a I'm going to write a blog post about this sometime, either next week, probably next week. Um, I've got one I'm cooking up on Ben Franklin right now, but uh, I'm going to write one about it, and I'm going to prove think after I've done some research, I've been doing some research. I really think that M Night Shyamalan is far ahead of anyone on the superhero movie and the evolution of the superhero movie, um, and that he saw something uh, what these films could be uh, long before we had any Marvel films, um, and I'm 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 just really I'm just really excited to uh, To go and write that, and you can find it all on the uh, Writing's Hard Work blog. It's on my website, RogerDColby.com. I'll be posting it sometime soon, but um, but man, uh, I love this movie. I was actually moved by it at the very end. I was moved, you know. Um, What can I say? I mean, I was just I was I didn't know what to expect, but um, I knew it would be either you know Shyamalan's going to make another split, you know, or another Sixth Sense, or he's going to make another Happening. You know, it's like, this guy's like hit or miss. Either he makes a great movie, or he makes a really, really bad one. You know, it yeah. seems like, but he's he's hit more than he's missed, in my opinion. Um, I think he's really grown as a filmmaker. Um, you got to remember when he made Six Sense, he was like in his early 20s, mm-hmm. you know, and it was an unknown. I mean, nobody knew who this guy was. Um, he's not like a film school student. He's just a guy who makes movies, you know, and uh, has made them since he was a kid. Um, and uh, the, the love that he has for this story really shows in the, script, in the, in the film. I mean, it really does. And um, there's some really interesting uh, film techniques that are in this. Not like special effect stuff, because there's some really crazy special effect stuff, but just the way it's shot mm-hmm. uh, heightens tension. I mean, you're—it's really a, a mark of a great filmmaker who can create tension without jump scares, without you know anything like that. It's just like just filming someone sitting still, <laughs> camera slowly pushing in, or not at all, just static. Camera, looking at someone, you know, creates tension in this movie like any other shot would do from any other kind of an action film or superhero film or whatever you want to call it. Um, But, I mean, there's perspective shots in this that the perspective shots actually enhance the character that you're seeing through the the, the person you're seeing through the eyes of, I guess, how to say that? Like you look through the eyes. certain Yeah, the perspective... You know, the, we get a perspective shot from a character. The, the perspective shot takes on the personality of the character. Um, like, there's a shot where a guy is um, being... Uh, he's swaying back and forth for some reason. And every time you see the person they're talking to, the camera's swaying. You know, and then the person who's talking to you looks at him with the camera's steady. You know, and it's like... <laughs> There's a lot of stuff like that when uh, one character is got his head cocked to the side, the per, point of view shot is an oblique angle, which is a, a sideways angle, like a, an off-kilter angle. You know, um, But there's lots of clever stuff like that in the movie that if you're a film student, you'll notice it. You'll notice lots of really interesting little things that help tell the story. And I think camera shots on their own just doing weird stuff is one thing don't really add to the story but I think the camera shots themselves in this film add to the story and add to the tension and highlight the the, the, the conflict and all that stuff that goes on in the film and um, it is really a perfect uh, third film in my opinion as far as like tying everything together and, you know doing and I'm not going to give it away because something happens at the end, of course. You know, it's a Shyamalan movie. You expect a twist, but here's the thing: the twist is not um, hokey. Mm-hmm. Would you would you say? No, no, I wouldn't. I mean, no. it's and it's double. There's a couple. There's mm-hmm. a there's a few twists in this that are. It's, I wouldn't even call them twists. They're more like just plot developments that mm-hmm. happen at the end that are really you don't see them coming. It's like what? That's nuts you know you, you uh and you realize that this is a film trilogy that's been building since what 2002
0: yeah i think right? i think i think unbreakable <clears throat> came out in 2002 yeah. so you know the i know M. night Shyamalan said he originally planned on making like uh you know this a trilo- making the trilogy like right after uh, unbreakable came uh-huh. out he wanted to shoot them back to back i think he said yeah. and that he said at the time critics neither critics nor audiences seem no. to care about it so he Look, just kind of thought I'll just move on to something else because there doesn't yeah. seem to be any interest in this yeah
1: the the thing is this film will make you appreciate unbreakable and make you go back and watch it again because it um, it ties some stuff off that unbreakable left unanswered mm. and 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 you know you you uh, Man, I I just, man, I just don't, I can't say anything. I can't say anything. Yeah. (laughs) I I don't want to spoil it because it's so awesome. You're going to go back and watch Unbreakable after seeing this, and you're going to be like, oh, my gosh. It's like he's known this all along, Mm -hmm. all these years, ever since 2002. He's known this.
0: Yeah, when we start out with him, him and his son are as played by, oh, I forget, Spencer Treat Clark, I think that's yeah, his name, that's who his played name. his son in you know in in the in Unbreakable yeah. too. So yeah. it's the same actor. But he's like an adult now. Well, all
1: the actors that are in this are, are the original, the original act- actors from yeah. the original film Yeah, they
0: are. Um, they just don't do that very often with that's like the rare. child actor. Mm-hmm. They and cast them in the same role when they're adults. So yeah. that's that's they don't do that that often. Uh-huh. But so um, basically, when you start out, they've got like this security firm, and he's out. David Dunn's out doing his vigilante stuff and mm-hmm. and they've got like this back room and yeah. his son is basically his his uh his microchip to is his microchip to his punisher type of thing <laughs> yeah
1: there he's but, got uh, he's on he's the got like a security company yeah, and, yeah, uh but i mean honestly i don't want to say any more than that because i don't want to tell people yeah i
0: don't i'm not going to give them the whole yeah. plot or spoil anything but, it's but cool this is that just they the put, put, setup well stuff. i just
1: we can just say that all the characters, all the actors that are in the original movies, are in this movie. That that would continue on in the story. I'm not saying they're all in there. But you mm-hmm. can't put in. I mean, his wife's not in it. You know, no. Dunn's wife's not in the film. And
0: there's a reason for that. We'll yeah. get into it.
1: Yeah. Um,
0: the uh, but I think I was I was really excited to see David Dunn, the character David Dunn, back. But yeah. I really feel like. James McAvoy, he came in and stole the show again. <laughs> like he did in Split. If you liked him in Split, he cranks uh-huh. it up in yeah. this film. And well, it in Split, gets even we better. only
1: see what, like seven of the personalities? Yeah. In this yeah. one, we see 24. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 24 separate personalities, and he shifts in and out of them Yeah, easily. called,
0: you know, refers to as the Horde.
1: Yeah, and I mean, he shifts in and out of them easily. Easily. And, and, uh, his body language, his facial expressions, his uh, everything changes when he becomes a different person, and you can watch it happen. I mean, it's, you can literally watch his face change. It's it, nuts. It,
0: it's amazing his performance. He yeah. should win some kind of award for He's this. He's to I, win. I, I know, and I but I bet it won't get too much well, recognition well. because again, all these stupid critics are coming in. Again, they're giving Aquaman at great reviews, but they're saying this is terrible and yeah. Saying that it it doesn't make parts of it doesn't make sense and, I, and all, I'm all this stuff is like this. that. Yeah, it does. Well, I'm
1: going to say this that um, and this is something I know from teaching literature as many years as I've taught it. Kids always talk about how there's these great artists that write these amazing books, you know, and they live penniless lives, like their whole life, never <laughs> get recognized, like Emily Dickinson. Wrote all her poetry. Of course, she tried to publish. She actually tried to send her stuff out, but nobody would listen to her. and Nobody even could make sense out of her poetry. They didn't even know what it was. Until years later, her sister found a bunch of poems up in in one of her rooms in a closet or something and sent them off to a university. And then all of a sudden, she's a worldwide sensation. Um, I really think that M. Night Shyamalan is one of those people who makes movies not to be critical successes, but he makes films that um, are just what he's thinking in his head at the time and what he's feeling in his heart. And doesn't, I mean, yes, I'm sure he cares about critics and what they think about him. Who wouldn't? I mean, nobody has iron skin, you know. But... Except I re- <laughs> But I really, really think that M. Night Shyamalan, people will look back on his career, uh, his film career, and just go man, he was doing stuff that was so far ahead of his time. Now I'm not going to lump the happening in there that's a really strange movie and I don't even know what it is. Um, Richard and I disagree on Lady in the Water. I, I honestly think Lady in the Water shouldn't have been released as a as a as a broad market film, it should have been just released in like little art houses and stuff like that. Because honestly, it's not it's not meant to be a commercial success. It's not meant to be understood. It's meant to be just this is something I, you can sit and analyze it if you want. You really can. And I've had kids do it. And I, people, when you what I've what I've realized is um, if you can have three or four different people have different come away from some piece of art with different perspectives on what it means, like each person kind of comes up with their own meaning of what they think it means, um, that's what signifies great art. I mean, we don't... <clears throat> we, can, we can all watch, you know, Thor, mm-hmm. and we can all get what that's about. Everybody can understand it. It's like, okay, we get the story, we understand the characters, we understand all that stuff. What Shyamalan does with his movies is, and the ones that are more down-to-earth and you can understand them are movies like Split, movies like Sixth Sense. Um, You know, those become critical successes and they become, you know, commercial successes as well. But his movies that are a little more artsy, where he's like just creating art and not really caring whether or not you understand it or not, um, those are... Really, I think people will look back on those movies and really go, man, now there's some, you know, Cabinet of Dr. Caligari. There's some, you know, kind of, you know, movies like that. Like Metropolis. People are going to watch that movie till the end of time because it's an incredible movie. At the time, nobody understood it. It was like, what is this movie about this robot woman and it's the future and what does it mean? And, and when it when it came out, Fritz Lang's movie was really not very much of a success, but now we look back on it, and we go, man, it was a work of genius, you know. But I mean, that I think he's so far ahead of his time that sometimes he's out of touch, he's out of time with his appreciation. Is, I, guess I think, that's what I'm saying.
0: and I also think I've noticed this on social media and stuff, people just hating on him because of. <laughs> of the Avatar the Last Airbender I get it, you like Avatar the Last Airbender you like expl- the cartoon I, have I haven't ex- watched it
1: I have an explanation about that film and I've, I've done some digging and I've found some interviews with him he didn't do very many interviews when he made that film, he did some but he did like press junkets and they would ask him questions about it and he would have very pat almost canned answers to the making of it um I honestly think that you know you look at his career he, he made The sixth sense huge success it was like an independent film almost um Willis signed on to it because he loved the script that's the reason he signed on to it and he figured it could be something that could boost his career because it was so good um he you know and then we have you know several other movies but you look at Last Airbender, and that movie was made at the height of the beginning of his career, like of M. Night's career. He he really took off. People were... He was like the golden boy, you know, make these, making these movies, and Hollywood loves him because his movies make money, and so we're going to have him do Last Airbender, and he was hired for it. I mean, he agreed to do it, but I don't think he Well, cared. this
0: was actually... Actually, <laughs> this kind of... He was kind of in a slump at the time, actually, yeah. because this was... Like right after, I think it was right after the happening, yeah. or it may have been one or two years after. Okay, it. and so he was actually kind of in a well, bit I of think, a critical slump. I really at the time. think
1: what he's trying to do there—he's young, he doesn't know much about the industry. He's trying—he's kind of grasping at straws to like try to get his career back on track. You know, maybe he figures this is going to do it and it was a bad decision. I I don't honestly don't think he cared about the movie. Mm-hmm. I honestly don't think he cared about it. Okay. Well,
0: the point <clears throat> I was trying to get to though okay, about better. about, you know, people holding that Avatar the last, the last airbender against him yeah. is I get people like that, but you know, it seems like they they hold him to some kind of standard that they don't hold other filmmakers to. Mm-hmm. Like Everybody loves Indiana Jones, but nobody suddenly hated Steven Spielberg after The Crystal Skull and stopped seeing all his movies. Right. Uh, You know, people still consider him a great filmmaker, and they still go see his movies. Right. So, and it's the same thing with Ridley Scott, who I think has made some not-so-good movies recently. But people still go see his movies and consider him a great filmmaker. So it seems like they single out M. Night Shyamalan, maybe just because he hasn't been around as long as them. or. I just don't get it. uh,
1: What if the happening is just, am I not Shyamalan making fun of bad movies? Maybe. uh, I don't know. Who knows? I I don't think he was that. Honestly, I just really, he's hard to figure out. The guy is really difficult to figure out because he just, I mean, he makes these movies. You know, sometimes he makes films that are just like, oh my goodness, like glass. I mean, he makes that movie and you're just like like, blown away. But then, you know, he makes the happening, which is just. Man, I don't understand that movie. I don't think I ever will. I don't think it it makes any. It, I mean, people are scared of the wind. Yeah. You know I, um, mean? <laughs> I think. I also
0: think there was just some, maybe some disappointment in what kind of film it turned out to be because. Yeah. I think they're expecting oh oh and and split. We're leading right. this is leading up into a big superhero showdown, and you know it's gonna be superpowers, uh-huh. and there's gonna that's be huge. Expect, there's but... gonna be huge fights, and mm-hmm. it's gonna be like a. I think they expected it to be some kind of big superhero film, and that's not what it was. No,
1: don't um, don't go don't go to see Glass thinking it's gonna be like a Marvel film. Mm-mm. Don't. Um, this is really a smart. Film about the whole uh, superhero mythos, like the superhero film itself, and um, you know the idea of superheroes, you know the idea of comic book heroes, you know, um, and it's uh, resonate how it resonates in our culture and where it comes from, and uh, I mean it's it's just like man, it, it it touched on so many things that honestly I. We don't have time to talk about all no, that. No. I mean, um, um, we do need to get to the movie of the week. But um, but go see it. It's amazing. And you know what you need to do is you need to go and watch Unbreakable and Split first before you go see it again. If you've never seen those two movies, you need to see those two movies before you see this. You'll enjoy it so much more. Um, uh, yep. So mm-hmm. I'm
0: giving it, I'm also giving it five stars. Mm-hmm. So.
1: Man. one wow.
0: of, One of the best films of the year already. So. Yes. Yes.
1: Uh, we have other movies coming out this this we year. We do a lot of movies, but I that think that one's this is, so smart. Yeah, I think <laughs> it's like, I man. think it's
0: gonna be in in the list of top mm-hmm.
1: movies. You know, I was listening to that podcast year. and James McAvoy was talking about at the time when he recorded the podcast, he was being interviewed about um, X Men Apocalypse. Or no. This movie he made before X Men Apocalypse.
0: What was it? Uh, uh, Days of Future Past. Was it?
1: Uh, no, he did another movie. There is another movie he was doing. It wasn't a science fiction movie. Oh, uh, was it? Was, was some,
0: it? Um, was that maybe Atomic Blonde? Maybe yes.
1: Okay. Yes, he was. He was on a press junket for Atomic Blonde, and he was talking about how he's like bald in this movie, and now he's going to be bald again and bald again, and he's not ever going to have any hair for like two years. <laughs> yeah. And um, he said he's worried because what if what if I get the male pattern baldness and it doesn't grow back or whatever, you know, he's like <laughs> worried. But uh, he was talking about how he goes from there to, he was filming that, Atomic Blonde, to filming, uh, you know, um, X-Men Apocalypse to going right to um, uh, Glass. And he said that Shyamalan, uh, he had nothing. Because Shyamalan had sent him nothing yet on the film nothing he was still working on the drafts of the script and um that McAvoy was like look to work with uh, with Shyamalan again he said I don't care if I get the script the day I show up on set he said I know it's going to be great I know it's going to be fun he says I love playing that character he said he totally loves playing Kevin um what's his Kevin Crumb Kev- Kevin
0: Wendell Crumb. Kevin
1: Wendell Crumb. He loves playing Kendall Kevin Wendell Crumb, and he told he told Shyamalan that he would play him on any movie that he anything he ever wanted to do with Kevin Wendell Crumb. You know, he wanted to play him forever. You know, so uh, he really loves playing that part. And he said it is the most challenging. It's also at the same time the most challenging role he's ever had to play because he has to shift in and out of characters so much and all these different people and become these different people. And he is definitely a method actor. He just becomes the person, you know. So he said he has backstories on all these people, all these characters, and all these personalities and how they came to be, like within Kevin. You know, so... Uh, and he also said something about the the whole thing about this not being truly like this disorder. Mm-hmm. That it's a... Um, like a, a a comic book version of the disorder, uh, you know, and that's what it's supposed to be. It's yeah, not supposed to be real. Are, it's supposed to be more like a comic book right, version of the disorder. People,
0: that's another thing people are complaining to say, and saying that's not actually how DID actually is. Yeah. But you know, this is this again. This is fiction, and yeah. this is about superheroes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, kind of a grounded version of superheroes, but yeah, yeah. superheroes, comic books, all that. Yeah. So.
1: But it's deeper. It okay. is deeper, and all it's right. so. We, we, <laughs> go see it. Go, go see, see it. it. Okay. Yep. Go ahead. So let's talk about our uh, movie of the week. Originally. Movie
0: of the week. Space Raiders. Ooh.
1: Roger Corman classic. Yeah.
0: I didn't know it was a Roger Corman until I watched it and saw his name in the credits. But it became fairly evident because we a, li- a few months back we we did a <laughs> uh, Beyond movie Beyond of the, the week for Bowls yeah. Beyond the Stars, yeah. and it became very apparent because all the. Sh- like all the ship models and everything were reused in this movie. It's for more that than that.
1: One. The actual uh, action scenes, the the battle scenes in mm-hmm. space, are reused.
0: Yeah, yeah, it looked like it. They just um, recut
1: them and and edited them differently. The so first they thing
0: different. I noticed out of this though was when they were okay. So the okay, so there's some. The plot is, if it really matters, is <laughs> that so there's convoluted. some space. Is that well, not really convoluted. It's just dumb. <laughs> it's dumb. Um, Terrible. It's um, it's uh, some some space pirates are gonna yep. jack a ship from an evil corporation, <laughs> and you know, cause corporations are always evil, and you know the, <laughs> you know, you got the they pilots, are they are, injured. yeah, but you got the pilots, the space pilots are always going up against the evil, some kind of evil corporation or empire, yeah. whatever. Yeah. And <laughs> anyway, so they're still in that, and they start blasting their guns, and the first thing I noticed was <laughs> it's just like. Some little sparks coming out the end of their gun, like like one of those little <laughs> firecrackers you throw onto the ground.
1: Actually, it's like um, you ever see the. the I used it, to have this like gun when I was a kid. Uh-huh, a pop it gun. Seventies look, okay. We had these little guns when I was a kid, and it, it was a. It had a little sparker wheel in it, and when you pull the trigger, it winds up that sparker wheel, and it sparks shoots sparks out the front of the gun. I
0: right? had one of those actually, and it, it's kind I of like that. The red, yeah.
1: Yeah,
0: yeah, it's kind of like that, but it was like... It looked kind of like the end of a sparkler when you light it up. Yeah, um,
1: but the plot of this is kind of like... If you took, like, The Last Starfighter and, like, mixed it with Star Wars in a really bad way, that's pretty much the plot. Isn't right?
0: it like Last Starfighter Because well, Last Starfighter, yeah, the kid, but the kid doesn't play video games and they're like, hey kid, you're the best. In, I'm saying in, loosely. It's like no, a okay.
1: kid going to space, yeah. kid from Earth goes to they space. They got this
0: kid that looked almost exactly like Henry Thomas, so you got your <laughs> poor man's Henry Thomas in there. Um,
1: and it was like, okay, it was, it was like a, a blatant rip off of Star Wars. I mean like blatant.
0: Yeah, Pretty as far much, as the character. Sort like of. Um, <laughs> so you got all these space pirates and the little boy, he like gets onto their ship and they find <laughs> out and he's like, uh, they decide to, to, they quickly fall in love with him. There's really yeah. no, no reason for that. They're just like, we love this kid sudden for some reason and we're going to help him get <laughs> home. Um,
1: when you've got the one so, character that's kind of like, um, kind of like Mr. Spock in a way. Yeah. The guy that has the weird ears. Yeah, he's got ears. the weird
0: ears. He's, he's like a telepath. and uh, His
1: ears basically, yeah. look like they made cones on the side of his head. And then they just split them open side to side. Yeah, so he, it looks like a mouth on the looks, side of his face. He looks kind of
0: like a cheaper version of Quark from, 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 <laughs> from Deep Space Nine. Oh, yeah. Um, and uh, anyways, that, and they're like teaching him to, to kill people in space and <laughs> stuff, and they're, like, giving him beers.
1: And That's what you teach all yeah,
0: the kids. Yeah, give the kid a beer.
1: Teach all the kids that.
0: Um, but, yeah, there's that, and, um, <laughs> of course, and there's, like, no recognizable actors in this, of no, course. No, none. Like. Now, here's um,
1: the weird, here's some weird trivia about this film, okay? One is that Joss Whedon, reportedly, Joss Whedon, this is his favorite bad movie. And so you'll notice if you watch this that you can understand where he possibly could have gotten his idea for uh, for Firefly because it's, you know, space pirates and you got this captain that's kind of like Mal and, you know, so you can kind of see it a little bit. I mean, it's really a bad movie, but, um, you know, Firefly is definitely a lot be- <laughs> better than this. Actually, there's lots of things that are a lot better than this movie. <laughs> yeah,
0: this is... It's but
1: it's fun to watch just because it's so horrible.
0: Uh-huh. The, uh... <laughs> yeah, uh, they're, like, giving him a cheeseburger, and he's like, this is some kind of weird space... This is, like, some kind of space <laughs> onions and stuff. Is this real cheese, or is this space cheese? Um, <laughs> What's the difference between that? real d- cheese and space I cheese? I don't know. I don't know. I don't think I want to know. Uh, I'm yeah, worried. Yeah.
1: And then you got
0: like some guys that are trying to kidnap the kid because they're gonna sell him to the corporation and for money and
1: <laughs> Now they're selling it maybe they're gonna sell them to him for so they can buy more space cheese
0: yeah yeah <laughs> it, more space cheese Space cheese is the, is is the, the, new Goli- the new it's the new avocado
1: It's a good fat mm. okay so uh, yeah space.
0: Space Raiders. Space Raiders. It's on it's on Amazon Prime if you want Oh. If you want to yeah. ki- if you want to kill some time. And if you, you got nothing you better to watch. Burn up
1: some data on your phone. Mm-hmm. Just go ahead and burn up all your data on the Space Space Raiders. Okay. Well, go definitely go See Split though. I mean not Split. Uh Glass. Glass. But watch Unbreakable and Split before you do. And even if you haven't seen them in a long time, go ahead and watch them. Um and if you haven't, and you don't want to do that and don't have time, go ahead and go see Glass, but come back and watch Unbreakable at least again. You, and because you you're going to see a lot of really cool stuff. And you
0: can rent both Split and Unbreakable for a dollar, at Family Dollar, the place we haven't talked about in a long time. Yeah,
1: even though we've received absolutely zero uh, advertising dollars from them and don't want any. <laughs> I'll, I'll take some
0: gift certificates. I don't care. <laughs> Give me some gift certificates, family dollar. Gift
1: certificates would be cool. Dollar, family dollar. Uh family video. Okay. Family video, yeah. Family video. <laughs> Not family kidding. dollar <laughs> by them. Well actually we do. They're kinda nice too. Alright, so uh until next time, I'm Roger Colby. And I'm Richard Kitts.